This podcast is brought to you by 91.7 WCUR, The Curve, the voice of Westchester University. We are live. First ever broadcast or the podcast. Brother Love Sports Talk here in WCUR. I'm Connor Gabe uh, alongside Mark Rogers and Mike Quinn. I know Mike is and Mark are excited about this as much as I, but we're starting our first podcast uh, here and uh, we're going to be talking about you know some Flyers hockey today. So what's up, boys? How you doing? Good, man. How are you, Connor? I'm really excited to, to get this podcast I, going. I knew the juices are, are going here. We're ready. I'm we're excited. ready. What about you, Mark? You buzzing? Oh, bro, I love it. I love the sound of myself, too. It sounds the way, good. Everything's, the way this microphone is crisp. Yeah, everything yeah. sounds great. Professional. So, and I know we've done a lot on air for WCUR and, and our sports show has been, you know, something we love to do. But I feel like this this podcast is going to bring something different. Uh, we're going to bring on a lot of guests uh, this semester, uh, a whole a variety of uh, different people and different uh, opinions and uh, about sports and personality, stuff like that. So I know I'm excited to get people in here and uh, and to start this process. So it's really exciting. Let's, let's, really let's jump right in. So. I know. so the Flyers last night, uh, they lost, they went up to Brooklyn to play uh, the Islanders lost five three, uh, and it was, uh, basically know. it was a, it was a typical Flyers loss. Yes. Uh, you, w- they went down three nothing early in the game. Uh, they ended up fighting back, battling back, tying it up mm-hmm. with one minute, li- like just under a minute remaining, and gave up a goal just ten seconds later. Yeah, and ended up losing the game. Um, from what I saw, I, I watched the ending of that game, and I, I saw the tying goal with Couturier, and I also saw the uh, the game winning goal by I think it was Ryan, I think it was Pollock. Pollock, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, he picked his corner. It's he, pick, beautiful. He, he picked his corner, yeah, but really. also, I'm I'm gonna put the full blame I think on um, the coaching staff for that for that loss because of the the line that was put out yeah. right after they had James Van Riemsdyk out playing in in a crucial time period. I, I understand you're trying to get him to get a goal, but in that time period when it's a tie game with less than a minute remaining, you know the Islanders are going to be coming hard trying to score to take that game right away. So I think putting JVR out there, who's Absolutely, like no defensive mindset is is one of the worst things you can do. He he was in the lane for the the shooting shooting lane, but he didn't try to block the shot. He didn't you know try to get a stick in the way. He just was kind of there like a pylon. So I think a good line maybe it. I don't know how long the Couturier line was out, so that would have been a perfect line. But even Kevin Hayes, or even just there's 30 seconds left. Yeah, throw, some, throw something it, together. You just got to pin it down at exactly. that point. You're throw, just trying to get the overtime, yeah. get the point with the division being so close and. Yeah. I could really feel there just the three nothing lead they get out to, and then Flyers weathered the storm for you know a good part of the game. Mm-hmm. They scored three unanswered goals after the Islanders opened up with three unanswered goals, and then I felt uh, like you said, Mike, right off that face off, I didn't feel too well as the Islanders got to work pretty quick, and and Polak got his shot and he put it right where yeah. he wanted to. That was he wasn't beautifully placed. Shot. Yeah, it just seems like it's a division, man. It's like you just never get the traction you want. You can rattle mm-hmm. all four or five wins, and you're just like maybe move up a spot or two. Yeah, so yeah. so currently the Flyers are in the second wild card yeah. spot. So I have it right here. They're in the second uh, second wild card spot behind uh, Collins Blue Jackets. They Flyers have 69 points through 57 games played, and Carolina's right behind them with two less points. What's the, what's the exact record for the Flyers? They are 31, 19, and seven. Which I mean, is a really good. Like, that's a, a really very. It's an impressive record, but. In the Metro Division, it's not going to cut it. Yeah. So I think the Flyers, are, I think, are still on pace for 99 points, which is really which good. is a playoff team. Yeah. Um, and I said this on the show the other day: someone in the Metro is going to crumble. We don't know who it's going to be yet. It could be the Islanders, could be the Hurricanes, could be us, could be, us, could be the Blue Jackets. Yeah. As long as the Flyers stay consistent, they're going to. We we should make the playoffs. Yeah. I I said this from day one. I, I trust Elaine Vigneault. I trust Michel Terrien and Mike Yo and all the new coaching staff and everything. 
I think as long as we keep this pace that we're going at right now, we will make the playoffs and we can do some damage. Um, I know you brought it up on the show the other day. Would you consider it um, a disappointment if the Flyers don't make the playoffs? I, I reiterate the point again that, yes, it's 100% a disappointment. Yeah. If they don't make the playoffs, uh, it's definitely also a disappointment if they lose in the first round. So um, expectations are high, and yeah. I think they could, could make the playoffs from here. Yeah, and, and definitely I, I was scratching my head a little bit about with Hart not playing last night. I know it's back-to-back, and... It's his first bag as well. Yeah, and they're but. traveling. But, yeah, in saying that, he's been out for almost a month. Yeah. And he looked phenomenal against the Panthers. I mean, that's a high-tempo uh, offense the yeah. Panthers play with, uh, you know, Trotrek, Barkov, all yeah. those guys. And he was he was really playing well. I mean, I don't know if that's because they were at Wells Fargo Center and he doesn't perform that well on the road, whatever the case may be. I know the, the back-to-back's the obvious reason he didn't start. But he, he's been out for so long. I mean, I feel like he should have played last night. If rest was an issue, yeah. which normally a back-to-back indicates it's rest, they don't think they're ready to go the next night, I would fight that point in saying he's been out for a month, and this is the time you really got to start trusting your key players. And your key player right now, I would say the top key player starts in the net, and yeah, it's, it's Carter yeah. Hart. And you got to, you, as a vignette, you got to show faith. I mean, Moose has been playing unreal. Uh, yeah. Elliot has been playing unreal, but... Now's the time to flip it over to Hart, let him do his heroics and, and carry this team because he's an anchor. He's He is yeah. the anchor for the Flyers moving into this the future. This has been a different situation. I think they haven't had the goaltender like him down the stretch to rely on. That's probably what, mm-hmm. one of the big reasons that they haven't been making deep playoff runs is they haven't had you know consistent goaltending in net for probably about 10-plus years. Yeah, I it's mean, it's always been guys splitting time between yeah. Brian Elliott, Michael Norberg, Steve, Steve Mason, yeah. and... Brizgalov and Bobrovsky going back as long as I can remember. It's always been guys splitting times, even oh, yeah. like Robert Esch and like Nitamaki, like yeah. all the way back then. You was, yeah. There was never a number one yeah. clear goaltender. So to have one now, I don't know if the Flyers are used to it. So that might be why they're being so cautious, at least yeah. from the organizational and standpoint. And he's young. And he's so young. he's young. He's definitely he just came off an injury. So mm-hmm. I understand why they're careful, but I I completely agree that maybe yeah. put a, put a little pressure on him, see how he does, and that way we can rely on him when it comes down to stuff like this. So. We know Carter Hart's our clear 1A. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's our clear starter. You know, yeah. he's the future for now. And we got to start putting him in situations to maybe make him a little more uncomfortable to then get him to grow as a player. And in a sense, of course, at the same time, you got to play double-edged. You don't want to put him in too many uncomfortable situations. Yeah. He could end up, you know, injuring him, running into him to the ground, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but right now, I, th- I completely agree, Mark. We need to start putting them in situations to test them a little bit. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's going to be – but that stretch is going to be so good to have a goaltender. I think that you can rely on to win games that maybe you shouldn't win if you had a goaltender of lesser mm-hmm. ability like Hart. So it's great to have him back. It's good to have him healthy now for yeah, this stretch. 100%. Than compared to – I mean, they missed him partially from the break, too, from the all-star break. So that was kind of like the perfect time to get an injury. I know yeah. that's not a good time to get it, but it kind of yeah. fell perfectly for them. He only, he only missed, I think, like – and Six games. And yeah, and the games they were playing, they weren't playing top-quality opponents. They had a few games, I think, against – I think they had two games against the Devils. I think they had – The Red Wings. Game against the Red Wings. Yeah, they, they had some games that they could throw Elliott yeah. and Lyon in so, to take care of business for them. So. so looking at the statistics right now for the goalies, uh, Carter Hart on the season has a 2.55 goals against average, and Brian Elliott has a 2.9. The save percentage is pretty good. Carter Hart has a .908. Save percentage and Brian Elliott just dipped below 900. He has an 898 save percentage. And uh, Carter Hart has 16 wins. Brian Elliott has 14. Elliott has two shutouts. And Carter Hart has just the one, which was from opening night against the Devils. 
So the, the statistics look okay. Uh, I definitely think we want to get those numbers up. Um, on In terms of points and just regular skaters, Sean Couturier leads the team with 50 points. Uh, trailing trailing him is Travis Konechny with 47 and Jake Voracek with 43. Travis Konechny leads the team in goals with 19, followed by Kevin Hayes, and two players are tied with 16. That would be Sean Couturier and James Van Riemsdyk. Uh, in terms of assists, Sean Couturier, Jake Voracek, and Travis Konechny are the top three with Coots having 34, Jake with 32, and TK with 28. Um, power play goals, which is interesting to say the least. Ivan Provorov leads the team in power play goals with number six. Um, he's really good. Provorov is someone I really want to talk about because he's been playing outstanding. He just matched his point total now, and I think it was I think we played 57 games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Provorov matched his point total from last season in 57 games. It took him to get the same amount of points in 82 last year. So last last year he had obviously a down year. We all knew that. Um, this year he's been outstanding. Uh, Niskanen also matched his point numbers from last year as well. So it's clear both of them complement each other really well. And I think Chuck Fletcher did an amazing job in bringing in Matt Niskanen to pair well with mm-hmm. Ivan Provorov because Provorov's taken steps that are leaps and bounds in terms of development. Do you guys agree seeing that? Well, I think we haven't had two defensemen like the, uh, to their caliber since probably like Kimu Timonen and Chris Bronger. Yeah. It's been a really... Long a time. drought since we. I know you picked up Roverall, but we never had that that stable def- veteran defenseman to put it next to. I know they tried McDonald, but McDonald never worked no, out. No, he did not. No. Especially with that contract, <laughs> it was bad. But I think they finally have a guy, uh, a, a veteran, reliable. You know, like like every game can put in the work and, and equal his talent on the ice. It's it's really good, and you can see the difference with between the teams now. Previously. The past couple of years compared to now, it's just it's night and day. So with that, you, you mentioned having something that's reliable. Ivan Provorov leads the team in time on ice with 24.55 a game. So he's averaging 25 minutes a game. And Matt Niskanen is second with just under 22. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's, it's clear that Provorov is the number one defenseman because he's getting more than three minutes more than the number two player on the team, which is unbelievable. He's averaging 25 minutes a game. He's playing almost half the game. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, and yeah. and the pace he plays at, his skating is is elite. His puck movement is it's great. His vision, and he's on, you know, he's on the first defensive pairing, power play one. He's all right. Uh, he's PK. He's he's everywhere. He he see, plays all situations. I don't see how he's not an all star. I mean, could have made a case for him this year if you. I'd say uh, Ivan Provov is one of the top young defensemen in the league. Oh, yeah, when you look sure. at guys like, um, like Victor Hedman's getting up there. He's still pretty good. Eric yeah. Carlson, Brett Burns. Um, now there's younger guys like Quinn Hughes, Miro Heiskanen, Kale McCarr. They're all dominating now. Um, Ivan Provorov gets overlooked, I think. I, I definitely think gets overlooked. I think he composes himself more like a veteran than than aside from Niskan, Niskanen than anyone on the team. I mean, just the way he plays the game. He plays very confidently, and he takes chances while he plays, but... You don't really notice the amount of chances he takes because he plays very he plays them very conservatively. So if like you know if he was to get beat, he puts himself in a pretty good position that he can get back, and that's why I don't really see him getting walked. I don't really see him getting you know getting worked too much because he puts himself in a great position. And then on top of that, he he put he makes a simple play, and again, like I said, composes himself like a veteran. He's not really trying to do too much; just throwing the puck low six to eight inches off the ice, and that's probably why he leads in power play goals. I mean, you throw Van Riemsdyk and in front of the net, and yeah. Coots in front of the net and, and you take away his eyes, and Proverov does the job by making the simple play. So he's really looking good as yeah. well. 
Well, definitely scored, on, uh, underrated. He scored that incredible goal uh, on the power play the other night against Florida. The, mm-hmm. That beautiful snipe of a feed from Matt Niskin and his bar down. He's got like hidden Dirty skill, snipe. man. You just think well, you look at him, you're like, he's, 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 his highlights this year are unbelievable. Yeah, we, have, no. we have that goal, and then there's the goal against Montreal when he went through <sighs> the legs in overtime. Yeah, around Max Domi, that was unbelievable. Yeah, that was like goal of the goal of the week or something like that. That week, that should have been like goal, goal of the year. month. That's dude. that will be a nomination. For it'll be a nomination for goal of the year, especially because it was done by a defenseman in overtime. It's nasty move. You know, it was a great move. And but, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He gets to know his situation playing three-on-three, three and that's his that's his glory right there. Yeah. He's able to make plays with his legs, and, and his stick-handling ability is unreal, too. I mean, he's he's silky. The he's way so smooth. He, yeah, the way yeah. he stick-handles is beautiful, and and when he gets on that three-and-three three opportunity, he, he has wheels, too. He utilizes those, yeah. and, and he makes great plays. So, yeah, he's, really, he's really – Picking it up on the offensive end, too. I do want to segue into um, a different discussion because I think in 12 days around, I know it's in 24th, it's going to be the NHL trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Flyers usually don't tend to be active as much, um, but with the team you know, looking different this year and put and vying for a playoff spot, do you see them maybe making a move, like a serious move to help push this team forward and, and, and try and help their playoff chances? Uh, for me personally, I don't see the Flyers making a huge you know, uh, blockbuster trade. I, I see them making maybe like a couple mm-hmm. smaller moves, maybe acquiring somebody like Tyler Toffoli. I, I know he's been linked to the Flyers. Um, being, he's, I think he's on pace for maybe almost 30 goals. He's been having the best season of his career so far on a, on a Kings team that's playing definitely below par. Uh, so I think the Flyers will make some sort of move. I don't know if it's going to be the most flashy move that everyone expects. I think it's going to be something that – the the management is going to be it's a safe smart move um i don't know what exactly we would give up uh in terms of you know picks prospects uh, current roster players um but i do know that there's there's a, a lot of things that are floating right now because we yeah. still have the terms of the uh the oscar Lindblom situation the nolan patrick situation there's a lot of unknowns uh, right yeah, now. exactly there's Great a lot team of team that's done a lot of success yeah there's a lot of balls up in the air so um and and on that nolan patrick is coming back he's he's practiced fourth straight practice with with the boys uh obviously he's going to go down and do some sort of conditioning stint he is waiver exempt so he can go down for any sort of time but you have to think about maybe we don't need to add something because we have these balls up in the air you know we have morgan morgan frost that can come in uh joel Faraby that's there mm-hmm. the guys that are making an impact and then the bottom six guys like pitlick and raffle and all them but with patrick on the horizon i don't know if a move is maybe necessary because if he comes back and he can perform uh, it's, it's perfect timing. It's playoff time, you know, pushing for the playoffs, and he's a clutch player. So, mm-hmm. I, I to wrap it all up, I could see us making a move, but I don't see anything crazy happening. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if if anything, they're going to add a lower-level guy to just help out. Like, I, I think Toffoli's a really good guy. He's, yeah. like, a more of a power forward, second. but he's, he's not going to steal anybody's spot on the first or second line. He'll probably get slotted down there in the third. Mm-hmm. But, I'd, <laughs> I mean, obviously, as fans, we love seeing trades. It's very exciting, and... and Stuff like that, but with all the turnaround, the group experience this summer with Hayes coming in and Pitlick coming in and some trades going down like Niskanen for Gudis and and stuff like that, I think there's been so much turnaround in the locker room this year and the guys have really gelled well and picked up the coaching philosophy as at least it translates on the rink and, you know, the locker room seems to be pretty happy. I don't really see them having to make a move here. Yeah, I think if they just keep playing the way that they play and, and don't lay an egg, in some of these big games. I mean, last night, that's a tough one. I mean, Pollock, 
That's a perfect shot. Yeah. That's probably going in nine times out of ten. Something and you that can't was, control. Yeah, that was a rocket. I mean, and they put themselves in a terrible position going down 3 nothing. But I I don't really think they need to. I think Gossip should only be a target just because I don't think he's a great fit for this team. Mm-hmm. And right now it seems like they have pieces in place to move forward. Like a Phil Myers, like obviously Provorov has prospered into a into a top defenseman, probably a Norris candidate within the next year or two. So I would only try to move Gossip Spear because his value is just going to depreciate every yeah. every minute you hold on to him. So well, I mean, another problem is is their cap hit. I think they're pretty close to the the, the cap yeah, right now. We're, we're very close. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's going to also bring a lot of problems. So I think they may, you know, usually how the Flyers do it, they'll they'll bite the bullet and refrain from. Bring, being too aggressive and bringing in like a top line guy, mm. uh, I know some people float around Jeff Carter, maybe having a reunion with him. I would not like that one bit. No, nah, because he's no. probably I think he's doing like six million. Or yeah, something, he's he's got a million. he's got a large cap hit, and we would yeah. have to see in terms of if we make a trade for somebody like that, you have to eat you, some we, money. Yeah. We have to a eat the money, and b we have to move some money. Yeah, you we know what to, I mean? yeah. we'd, we'd have to move a larger contract. And is he worth all that? Just to, no, you know, I don't. I don't personally believe so. I think Jeff Carter's great, but he's definitely past his prime in the goal scoring ability. Yeah, um, he's he's playing well, but not to play, the point. Not money. to the point where I want to. I would. I would consider it worth a move. Yeah, going personally. through all that. And, yeah, it's and too stuff. much. I mean, maybe if you trade a ghost and and Carter, and you get a pick back or something, and you trade, but you would have to trade someone else on the Flyers because I think Carter hits for like. Six, six million, yeah, it's, seven it's, it's, million. It's a high, it's a high level contract. I think Gossip Spear is like only I think, four million. Yeah, Ghost's about four. Ghost's on a really team friendly deal. So um, for his play style, well, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I it, on the topic of Ghost, it's it's a hard thing to have. It's it's a good problem to have, but it's a bad problem to have at the same time. You have seven defensemen that you can play at any given night. Um, when Ghost is obviously performing yeah. up to his ability, but right now. If if you want to try to trade Ghost, he's got to get in some games. You got to mm-hmm. get him. Get his, you got to get his play up. Give him get his value up a little bit more. I, I think I just value at this point, like guys like Robert Hag giving me something on the ice than trying to get trade value for Ghost. I think Ghost he's he's had some good years here. Obviously, his first year here was electrifying. He made a lot of great plays and yeah. But I think you're just seeing. I know. I think a report came out today. He's having like scar tissue problems with his surgery. Oh, I know. So that's something I didn't see that. I yet. know. Yeah. So that came out today. So I just I'm just thinking at this point. You got Sanheim, you got guys like Myers and Hag, and you got young guys that I think you rather, I think this organization would rather push their chips on them than worry about getting Shane Gossespierre. I think that, you know, his time in Philadelphia may come to an end soon. I don't think they're going to trade him anytime soon, but I just think he's just, he's on the outside looking in. Oh, know? yeah. I completely oh, yeah. agree. Yeah, so he got he's right. been scratched more than he yeah. has ever been in his prior it's four un- years, it's I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a shame of a situation because if you think back just three years ago, Shane Gossespierre was the savior of this team. And now we're, we're completely him, completely moved on from him. Um, I I feel for Ghost. I understand what he's. I mean, I I feel what he's going through. He's you know you're injured. You can't get back in. You can't get mm-hmm. in the lineup. Um, it's it's hard. Hockey's hockey's a business, but it's also still a sport. You know what I mean? Guys, mm-hmm. they dedicate their whole lives to this. So I, I I feel for Ghost. If he does get traded, I want him to do the best he can be somewhere. Maybe I'd like, obviously not to go to a Metro team or you know any team we're gonna face, but maybe somewhere like like I know Montreal was linked um, in the summer. Uh, I don't know if that's still a thing, if it, those offers are still on the table. Somewhere maybe where he can, a lower-level team where he can come in and be a higher impact Well, player. he's never going to be that that 
stout defenseman. He's always going. He's he's, he's a ever going to need. He's an get, offensive defenseman. Yeah, if he's ever going to get time in this league, he's going to have to bring back some of that offense that he has his first couple mm-hmm. of years. He needs and, that swagger back. And, and he needs you know, and that wasn't happening the past two years. And I think they found value in guys like Sandheim. He's big. He's a, he's a better two way guy. Obviously, Provorov's a better two way guy, and Niskanen's better two way guy. Sandheim brings offense as well. Yeah, no, oh, Sandheim's a guy. He just offense. he just scored the other night. Yeah, so. against Florida. He yeah, scored. but he's big. He's bigger than. He's bigger than. Phil, Phil Myers. You know, yeah, he's got six six. Untapped potential. I mean, I know. you know, an undrafted. You just and then you also who they draft this past year? They drafted um, uh, Cam York. Yeah, plays so for like, Michigan now. Yeah, I think he's got other guys they're worrying about, and I think their defense isn't as bad as it once was before. We I have think, a good defensive prospect pool. We did draft Cam York because we began to deplete the pool, the pool a little bit because Pro Rock came up, Sandheim came up, Myers is up, Friedman's in the AHL. But we got guys like Wyatt Kalinuk, who's captaining Wisconsin Badgers. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Cam York, who's on Michigan. We have Wyatt Wiley playing, playing for the Everett Silvertips. Uh, yeah. Igor Zamula, who's been another, like, diamond in the rough, pulling him up. We can get him from Calgary, the, the, the <coughs> Hitmen, the same team Sanheim played for. Yeah. So we know that he's getting developed well because he's using the same development as uh, Sanheim was. So Flyers got a good future, definitely, for sure. Not sure. I, I, before we say anything, I just want to let you know, uh, tomorrow the Flyers are on the road. Uh, in Sunrise, they play the Panthers, uh, and then two days later, they'll be in Tampa Bay playing the Lightning. Ooh, so it's a two-game two roadie until they come back at home on February 18th to play the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I'll let you guys get some final thoughts before we go. I know we're going to keep this a little bit short. I know it's the first podcast. I know we're both – all three of us are excited for this. I am. <coughs> I'm very so, excited. Uh, you know, Mark, if you want to start, some final thoughts on the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, just before we move on on the deadline real quick, I thought it was interesting how Buffalo came in with pretty high expectations this year. I mean, I, I know it's a Philly sports talk station or a podcast here. I mean, let it rip. But <laughs> I'm just interested to see what they do at the deadline. They had a little uh, internal trouble with Casey Middlestat, one of their one of their higher prospects, got sent down, having a little issue with, with adapting, I guess, to the NHL level. He's a, he's a smaller-sized guy. Um and they kind of made moves this year to put themselves in position and not go through this mental lapse they went through last year. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> they're back in the same position now. Same they're thing. they're 25th in the league. I just looked up. Um, I mean they're pretty they're pretty comfortable in 25 because the point the point totals from where they're at to the 26 team I think is about eight point difference. So they're pretty comfortable there. But I mean right now they're in, they're in the top five for a draft pick. So. I don't know. I wanted to get your guys' thought. You think they're going to be sellers at the deadline, or you I think th- they're going to try to believe I, here? I think and make- they would be sellers, but if you think about it, because Jack Eichel's having his career breakout year right mm-hmm. now, this yeah, is with goals which, and which could make them buyers because of the fact that he's literally having the best career, their best season of his career. They could be buyers. They could pick something up and try to, you know, pull a St. Louis Blues situation and jump from the end. But realistically, in the safer bet would probably for them to be sellers. Maybe move some pieces, recoup, get some more draft picks. I mean, they're eleven points outside that final wild card spot, so it's, that's a thing. That's yeah. a big. That's a big and point. You, they got to jump. What they're at Buffalo? Think about it. Not four and, teams to jump. In. And you think about it. Not every team's going to lose. So it's once you get to that hole, I think it's pretty hard yeah. to get out of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, and Mike, any final thoughts on Flyers? What you suspect on this two game road trip? I, I ideally, I mean, I want the Flyers to. You, they got to do something. We got to beat Florida again. We have to beat Florida again. Uh, the, the Lightning game is going to be difficult. Lightning are on a seven-game win streak currently, so yeah. and they're you know they're a top top five team in the NHL. So yeah. um, that's something we need to we need to 
definitely beat Florida and ride that momentum right into they, they right need into at Tampa. Least one, so. Yeah, we need to get at least get one and one. At least try to get three points out of this. Maybe take Tampa to overtime or something. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, they're rolling right now. All points are valuable currently. Well, it's gonna be exciting. I know I'm excited for the podcast. Excited for the rest of the Flyers. Hopefully, we get a you know, playoff bid. I was talking to you guys yesterday about how much I miss playoff hockey. And we need playoff hockey. hockey. I know. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Um, tune in more. We're gonna be posting these on uh, YouTube. WCRMD on YouTube. And uh, and yeah, it's gonna be exciting. We're gonna bring in a lot of guests and. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to be getting these as much as we possibly can, and that that way we can establish a, a, a groundwork for these podcasts to go down, and that way we can get yeah. another option well, next for thir- sports next shows. Thursday. We're going to be doing um, we're going to bring on Tiern Sinigan and Jacob Horjack, who play for Division One uh, Golden Rams ice hockey team. We've been me and Mark been broadcasting uh, these games for about the whole semester, or maybe even over past winter break too. So this team's uh, the Ryan off. Pretty hot streak. They're over 20 wins this season. They're about to go into the ACHA playoffs. So it's going to be exciting to sit them down and talk to them about their, their playoff chances. So I know you're excited about that as well. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to get to talk to the guys about the team and the playoff aspirations and uh, the direction the team's going. And so looking forward to it. Yeah, man. All right. Well, cool. cool. So we're going to call it right here. And uh, tune in uh, soon. We're going to post some more podcasts. So you listen to Brother Love Sports Talk podcast. We'll see you next time.